0: Welcome in to episode one of season two of Red Zone talk. I'm Owen Burke joined alongside by my partner in crime Tim Hunt. Tim how you doing on this lovely evening
1: good I'm uh I'm happy to be officially back feels feels very good uh you know I've been watching hard knocks to kind of get ready for the season watching preseason games i'm uh, I'm ready to rock and roll.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of football to talk about. Obviously, we're going to get into our season predictions today. We've got the NFC up first today. Yes. But before we get into all that, we do have some trivia. But before we get into that, if you guys are new to the channel, welcome. We appreciate you being here. We got football content for you guys every week throughout the season from here on out. Um, Unless, you know, scheduling conflicts, holidays happen, lives happen. But our goal is football every single week because that's what we love talking about. And that's what we love doing. If you're back, we greatly appreciate you guys showing back up for season two. Um, if you're looking to send us fan questions, do anything like that. We do have an official Instagram page. Now it's just red zone talk on Instagram. You can still get to me on Twitter. Oh, underscore Burke on Twitter. Um, Tim's not on Twitter anymore, but I'm definitely, definitely probably still the app that I'm social media app. I'm most, uh, active on. So hit us up at one of those two spots. If you got fan questions, you want to hear us talk about something, whatever it is, let us know. We'll see what we can do for you. So anything else before we dive into this trivia for the day, my friend?
1: Not that I can think of uh, show is going to be a little bit different than last season. Uh, sure. hopefully, hopefully redefined and, uh, refined a little bit. Um, a little bit different format. We're only going to do three trivia questions. Uh, Bets of the week is still staying. Um, keep an eye out for you know maybe a shift. We might start doing uh, some TikTok stuff like that, um, some Instagram reels. You know, just uh, going to keep it fun and light and and try to put out some some different forms of media this this season for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Hopefully,
0: maybe get into the the video show game. We'll see. If we can get cameras set up, obviously we're not going to undertake that project if there's no infrastructure for it, but we're going to see what we could get figured out. So yeah.
1: hopefully, hopefully week one of the NFL season, this is available on YouTube with video. Um, the show will be on YouTube though. So um, you go. be on the lookout for that. I, I believe it's, we're set up this week to do, um, to do video so we should we should be all set to to this be on youtube with no video so if you are you know have youtube uh premium whatever that one's called and you want to listen to us on youtube that way uh this episode should be up there um and check and see and if it's not next week's definitely will so i do know we do have a way to do that even with no video but hopefully coming soon the video will be will be a part of this show so let's get after it you ready to go Bring it on, my friend! All right, I, I we're only doing three trivia questions this year, um, so I kind of I, I set up five, but I I, I really really went after it uh, and got aggressive. So okay. we have three heavy hitters today. Okay. So, All right. uh, you ready for this first one? Bring it on! All right, so we're, I've got three list questions for you today. The list rules remain the same: three strikes, two hints, but this time. You only get two hints between all three questions. So okay. uh, some of these, I think, are a little bit easier than others, but still still very, very uh, interesting. So first one I got for you, name five of the rookie QBs with the most wins in their first season. Five out of the top ten. Mm,
0: okay. Um, Big Ben should be up here, I would assume.
1: Big Ben is tied for first. Okay. I was like, I remember
0: that season – Definitely one of the more legendary rookie years of all time. Um, rookie year greatness, but team greatness. I'm definitely going to – I don't know. I'm not going to use the hint here. I'm definitely probably going to burn one on this question, but see if I could try to dig something out here. Um, I'm trying to think. Did the Chiefs really – well, I guess uh, – I don't know what the bottom of this list is. How many wins was Big
1: Ben? 13? Big Ben is thirteen wins, 13. so that, that's, that's tied for that's tied for first. Um, I wonder what the bottom of the list is. <laughs> and the top ten is actually a little loose in this. I should I should clarify that. Um, there's a lot of people tied at eleven wins, and a lot of people tied at ten. So I'm taking yeah. anything that's ten or more. So it, okay. it does stretch outside of the top ten, but. Okay.
0: Patrick Mahomes, I don't – does that – the first year he start after Alec? Would that count but as it has rookie to be his team?
1: rookie year? So that true would not true. count. I'm not going to count that as a strike or anything for you. True but, rookie year. Okay. That's yeah. what I was kind of R- curious. I was like, I remember the one. rookie QB starting. Mm. Paint Manning was
0: awful. Brady didn't start his rookie year.
1: Yeah. More guys than you think are going to be in the modern era here for sure. Trying to think of guys that just came in and won, which I don't.
0: Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck here.
1: Andrew Luck is is one of the eleven guys in 2012. He had eleven wins. So let's go.
0: Okay. All right. Scraped one in there. Um. I think, man, I, I feel like Cam. I feel like the Panthers didn't win. I don't know how many double digit win seasons they had outside of that one mvp campaign we talked about um i'm gonna burn a hint here
1: okay i've got i'm glad you're burning a hint because i have two two great ones i have a great hint for you here um this is gonna be a two-part hint so okay. um i gotta go back and count one, two, three, four, five. Oh wait one two three four yeah five so five of these players have done it in the last 10 years okay wow that's so from the 2012 season and on so there's a lot of really recent guys on here okay that's part one of your hint and i'm gonna be generous here part two of your hint there's two baltimore ravens quarterbacks on this list
0: oh wow imagine that um oh well, yeah yeah Well, I mean, two Ravens quarterbacks have got to be Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson.
1: Correct. Correct. I was like, there's
0: not another quarterback that's going to touch the list for us other than those two.
1: Yeah. Lamar with 10 wins in 2018, Joe Flacco with 11 wins in 2008. So you just need one more quarterback and you have no strikes. Feeling pretty confident here. Um you still have the most recent guy on this list. He's still he's still available. twenty twenty one. Twenty
0: twenty one. Huh. Mm. Why am I struggling? Twenty twenty one would have been. Oh uh, wow, uh, Mac Jones,
1: Mac Jones, yep, Mac Jones, twenty twenty one with ten wins on this list. So um, nice. The other guy, the other big name, I'm going to throw out here that you missed. I just, was... oh, go I, ahead.
0: I was like, I just, I'm sorry to cut you off. I was like, I just thought of one that I should have, that would have been a dead ringer because didn't Dak have a really good rookie year too?
1: Yeah, Dak in twenty sixteen won thirteen games, so that was the other guy okay. tied for first with Ben Roethlisberger. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that they had thirteen wins a that year. That's actually insane. That's probably yeah, I mean, one of the
0: craziest years of a franchise. Like they just they draft Zeke, take Dak in the fourth, and all of a sudden they win thirteen games. Win thirteen
1: games. Robinson it stress. is pretty crazy. Um the other guy from twenty twenty twelve was Russell Wilson. Um you had another guy from the two thousand eight draft class, Matt Ryan, on this list with eleven wins. Um, that's a good one. Trying to see, and I think, yeah, that's that's kind of the big hitters. So uh, I kind of thought you would have gotten both the Ravens ones. I was a little shocked you didn't. Uh, I didn't even think about it, to be honest. Nail those off the rip. But, so
0: I was just thinking of big quarterbacks. I wasn't even, didn't even touch my home territory at all. Never once did my team pop up in my head until you mentioned it.
1: Yeah, like that's, and that's great. I saw this. I was like, oh, dude, this is a cakewalk of an easy first. Uh, mm of a first question here. Okay. Let me get this one open. Sorry. I did not have these open unprepared. This guy, there it goes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see here. All right. Can you tell me which teams have the most roster turnover of this off season? So we're looking for the top five teams with the most roster turnover this off season.
0: Hmm. Mm-mm. Hmm. Hmm. That is interesting. That was an interesting question. Um, I'm trying to think. Guys are making moves. Probably going to be a lot of worse teams.
1: Believe it or not. draft with... picks count? I was, I was like, yeah, do draft picks yeah, and, count towards yeah. that? So they do, because in order for that draft pick to come in and play, they have to get rid of somebody. So they absolutely count. I'm thinking Philly's got to be here, maybe, hopefully. Philadelphia Eagles are not here, so that's going to be strike one for you. Um, I just
0: think of all the guys that they brought in draft wise, undrafted wise, and yeah, they're all yeah. going to probably make the roster at this point the way they're playing.
1: Where where are the Eagles? Why am I not seeing them? Okay. Eagles are in the highest return rate uh, category. They are at 73.5% of their players are returning.
0: They're in the high category at 75. Damn. Yeah. So there's teams moving guys around. Oh. I don't know if i be going to nail this down. The Broncos? It's team that comes to my head. I just thought of probably an easier one, but. Yeah,
1: Broncos are an okay guess. Still on the high side. They are returning 75.47% yeah. of players. So that's two yeah. strikes for you.
0: I'm not going to burn the hint here just because I feel like trying to pull.
1: How many teams do I have to name? Uh, I'm just looking for the bottom five. the Lowest return. Am I just looking for one of the five?
0: Like you just uh, need me to.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of, one of the yeah, five.
0: Yeah, one of the five. Do I want to... I don't think I want to. Because I think this team... I'm
1: really hoping this team's here. The Jets be there by chance? The Jets are not on that list. Damn. Um, dang it. Jets are bottom half of the league at 67.92% of the rosters okay. returning. Okay. Um, so bottom half team. Um, but the bottom five for the Miami dolphins at 58%, the Jacksonville Jaguars at 52%, the Atlanta Falcons at 45%, the Las Vegas Raiders at 41%. And then the team with the most turnover is the Chicago bears at 33.96.
0: That's true. Yeah. The bears have been adding guys left and right. So a lot of, picks, it, a lot of signings.
1: So that like the, for, for people listening at home, I know that might be slightly confusing to hear. Um, that is that percentage that I read is the amount of players returning to the team from last year. So, so the Bears are at what forty something? Thirty three point nine six. So that's, literally, they've turned over two thirds of that roster. That's insanity. Yeah, big big moves for the Chicago Bears this year. So probably a whole new team in in a in a way. So like thirty
0: five new guys on the roster.
1: Yeah, I thirty five and fifty three. I'll give you a bonus point if you can name the team with the highest player return rate. The highest? Yeah. The 49ers. That's an okay guess. They're more 49ers middle of the pack team. The, pack. the Los Angeles Rams are the highest with an 87% return rate.
0: Yeah, nobody to spend. Only really yeah. dumped one contract.
1: And they have no draft picks. No so, picks. Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, if it wasn't for Jalen Ramsey, they'd probably be in the nineties.
1: Yeah, like, like literally, they've they lost, they lost uh, Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey, you know, and probably a couple other third string guys that we've never heard of, and you know, that's probably about all they lost. So two
0: rotational guys, maybe.
1: Yeah, two rotational guys in there. So I just thought that was rather interesting of how how well that was mixed, but uh, yeah, New York Jets middle of the pack kind of team. Um yeah. The next closest team to the Rams is 81%. So the Rams are a whole six percent ahead of the, the next team in front of them. So big turnover over there. And I also found it interesting the Chicago Bears turned over that much of their roster and and we had no idea. Um I just uh that's kind of wild to me, honestly. So yeah. all right. This is this is a fun one. I'm very excited for this next one for you. Okay. So we're looking for five of the top ten again here. Okay, okay. most rookie receiving yards in a in their first season by okay. a player. Okay, how many are you looking
0: for? Five of the ten.
1: Yeah, five of the ten. Okay, and I know- and I will I will take everyone who's tied. Uh, in and for the 10 spot there's a lot of guys tied for 10 so really for a
0: yardage mark there's a bunch of guys tied
1: for yeah a ton actually it's it's pretty wild that's nuts um well i know
0: two easy ones i know justin jefferson and jamar chase should both be up here two and
1: three right there uh two and three two and three yep uh i'm gonna just tell you the guy in first you're not gonna get him bill in 1960, his rookie year caught 1,500 yards. So, uh, yeah, he's first. I have no idea who that guy is, but he's I, first. But I could have
0: sworn the when Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase did it, they both were like – because I thought Justin said it and then Jamar broke it. I guess they're just ignoring Bill Gorman at that
1: point. Yeah, I don't know. It's 1960, so I'm not, not is sure. Is that pre-merger? Maybe that's why. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing. Well, no, it wouldn't have been pre-merger. 1960. That's that's definitely post-merger. That's like yeah,
0: that's a couple years post-merger. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I got two. Um,
0: dynamite rookie receiving seasons. Well, I'll use my hint because I got one left.
1: Yeah. Um, again, a name. A lot of these names, mostly dominant guys. Um, most of them have been in the last ten years. Again, um, last ten years okay.
0: A lot of recent guys, which makes sense.
1: Yeah, a lot of, lot of recent guys on here. I'm going to also give you a part two to this hint as well. Um, one of these players is a top three wide receiver of all time. I, to, I'll say a top two without without question.
0: Uh, I would assume, obviously, that guy's not going to be within the last 10 years. Um, oh. Question is, it's got to be Randy Laws. Str-
1: Randy Moss is correct. That was yeah. the guy who that hint was about 1,300 yards in his yeah, row. Like, it's either him or Calvin, and I was like, I feel like yeah. you're more of a Randy Moss guy. Yeah. Uh,
0: Calvin, Calvin Johnson
1: here? Uh, Calvin is... Johnson is not here, so that's going to be your first strike.
0: Is he just lower, or did he not play right away his rookie year? Unless I don't
1: lower. know off the top of my head of what that looks like for him. Hmm. Uh, okay. Well, I'm I'm trying I'll to look, look for him real quick, but I don't see him. Yeah. So there's your first strike. Yeah, he didn't even make this list. This list is pretty long, and he didn't even make it. So,
0: I've got another name that's coming in my head, but it's an older guy. I don't know. What... I don't want to burn that for my second strike, though. That's like a that's a hail mary pick later on. Um... Jalen Waddle in the top ten.
1: Jalen Waddle is not in the top ten. Um, he up there, was it a decent guess at least, or no horrible guess? Uh, there's two other guys on this list from his draft class, but I do not see Jalen. <laughs> Damn team. it! Oh, Jalen Waddle is a decent guess. He had a 1, thousand fifteen hundred yards. Uh, the threshold to get on this list was eleven hundred yards. So yards. Guy, guy, and it rounds. This list is rounded for from the chart that I'm looking at. So okay.
0: All right, strike well, two. Yeah, two guesses we have got to get after it here.
1: And um, I kind of gave you a third hint there. That Yeah, you did. You definitely did. Oh, let me correct that hint because it's wrong. Only one guy is actually on the list. The other guy is like the second guy off. So off.
0: Great. I'm sure that'll make my job even easier.
1: Yeah, so I don't know if I'd go after that guy. Yeah, I'm trying
0: to think of that class. Would have been with Jamar Chase would have been Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is on here, right? He had twelve hundred his first year, didn't he? God, if he's not, yeah. I'm gonna be so mad at myself.
1: That is a great question. I don't see him on here. I don't know. Oh, it definitely is counting tight ends, which is wild. Didn't he have a
0: I thought he I could have sworn he had a dynamite rookie year. Because I thought Kyle, he was like he had like twelve 1, hundred yards is
1: enough. off. Uh he had one thousand twenty-six yards. Oh, fuck. So there's strike. Is that strike three? Oh, that is strike
0: that three. is strike three. Out of curiosity, mm-hmm. Chris Carter here or no? Chris Carter
1: is not here. No. no. Okay. I don't know why that was the name. That was the name that popped in my head that I was
0: like, that feels right But wrong.
1: Yeah, I thought this list was just an interesting list. Um, yeah, it definitely is. Number so four not... is Anquan Bolden. Didn't realize he was that that dominant. In Arizona. Uh, in Arizona. Um Randy Moss was number five. Odi- OBJ is number six on this list. Wow, that's an easy one. God damn yeah.
0: it. That was that an one, easy one.
1: That was an easy one. Uh, Michael Thomas is on this list at 1,100 yards. Have um,
0: one. is, uh, was it Devonta Smith? Was that the other guy that made this one?
1: No. Still, you're in the wrong class there. Um, oh. Garrett Wilson was the other one who made that cl- out of his class. Mm. Uh, Garrett Wilson and then Chris Alave was just off.
0: I see. I see.
1: Right? It, are those those same? Cl- oh no! I was a year off. Okay. Well, I was giving you a bad hint. Wilson and and Chris Olave were a year after. The year after. Al-Dotto. Yeah. That makes sense. Sorry. Yeah. It's it's all confusing. But yeah, you, you weren't sense. going for him anyway. The uh, the one guy I found super super interesting on this list, Mike Ditka made this list in 1961. <laughs> That's insanity. And and that interesting? That's
0: um, ridiculous to me, actually.
1: Twenty fifteen Amari Cooper made this list. Twenty eleven yeah, AJ Green made this list. And I'm I'm doing notable guys. I'm I'm sorry tons of guys through. from the sixties
0: in here.
1: Yeah. Uh well not yeah, there's a there's a good amount. Uh old like old you know guys. Yeah, Terry Glenn from nineteen ninety I, I you know, I skipped some of those names. AJ Brown from 2019's on this list. Uh twenty fourteen Mike Evans is on this list, and then and then that's the end of the list there. So um I tried to help you out as much as I could there. I thought I thought for sure, like I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna nail this. Um you did have good guesses, to be fair. Jalen Waddell just on the outside, Kyle Pitts just on the outside. So yeah. you you were you were throwing darts, you were just missing the target though. Um and this did round up or down, I guess. So if those guys crossed over the 1050 yard mark, it would have put them in the top 10 Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of what killed you there, uh, was those guys just not catching catching another twenty yard ball, and then you and then you're there. Mike yeah, Evans, man. Mike Evans had a thousand fifty one, so it just put him in the tied for tenth category, um, and then Keenan Allen on the outside looking in at a thousand forty six, so um, also barely just missing it. So. One for two, tough start on trivia. I did, I did, we got to ramp it up, you know, make it a little harder this year, make it a little bit yeah. more interesting with only doing three questions, trying to keep it. So it doesn't eat up a huge part of the show, even though we're already 22 minutes in on this one. Um, yeah, we would have been 45 in if we had two we, yeah, so. yeah last year Last year it would have been 45. So, uh, goal is going to be a little bit harder. Hopefully the questions are a little bit longer. Keeps you, keeps you on your toes more. Good way to get us all warmed up, get us in our sports mind here. So we will see you guys at the next segment.
0: Ready to get after some NFC predictions here?
1: I am. I am. Even though I just closed my NFC prediction tab here. Um, (laughs) So that's super, super fun. Um, Here, let me get it pulled up. Beautiful. Um, You know, that's not ideal, but that's the way it goes. Uh, You know, getting fancy here with uh, transition music, stuff like that. So we got to still mess it up and make it feel like a home podcast. You know, we don't want to get too professional here. Um, 100%. We really don't. So... Jumping in, we're going to go over the NFC. Um, We're going to go in this order here. We're going to go NFC South, NFC North, NFC West, NFC East. Um, In my opinion, the least interesting to the most interesting. Uh, I could be wrong on that. It's just my general opinion. Um, I don't, and I think all of these divisions are interesting in some kind of way. I just think they're, you know, interesting in their own for different reasons, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to work our way from the bottom up. We're going to think who finishes last in each of these divisions and work our way to who we think is wins. At the end, we'll go over our NFC seating of how we think the season finishes out. That way uh, we can try to paint a clearer picture for you guys. So those of you who are, who are true, true listener here and have been listening for 90 minutes, uh, don't have complete uh, puddle brain here and, and they're not sure of uh of how we ended up here. So let's jump in to the nfc south who do you have finishing fourth in your division owen
0: fourth in the nfc south this year i've got the atlanta falcons at four and 13. um i think we how much do you want to you want to talk about each team or we
1: we got time so i would love to i'd love to talk about each team um yeah
0: the Falcons, I think when we kind of talked about this a little bit beforehand, I think you said something that I think we're going to refer back to a lot, especially with these teams that are towards the bottom. Is like, who is this team going to beat? And like, there's just not a lot of teams out there that I feel like are definitely worse than the Falcons are. Um, I'm not a huge Arthur Smith fan. Um, I don't understand how you can get Pro Bowl seasons out of a 30-year-old Cordero Patterson, but you can't figure out how to use a 6-4 tight end that runs a 4-4. Um, And I think, like, obviously Calvin Ridley didn't play at all last year, but, like, uh, you know, if I have a young quarterback, that might be a guy that I would want to would keep around. There's a reason that Jacksonville came calling um, and brought him in for Trevor Lawrence. So the Falcons just – I'm not a huge Desmond Ritter fan, not a huge Arthur Smith fan. I think – Honestly, I think Arthur Smith might lose his job before the season's over, maybe, depending on how badly it goes, but um, I don't know where everyone else feels with him. I I just, I don't have a lot of faith in him at this point.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not going to talk about the Falcons just yet. I'm going to kind of okay. save them for when they come up for me. Okay. Um, for fourth in the division for me, I've got the Carolina Panthers. Actually, you know what? No. Let's just talk about let's let, we'll go off of yours and then I'll talk about where I've got that team. Getting, okay. And, yeah, we'll just talk about the team. I have the Falcons winning this division. Um Wow. So, I I, I every year I try to find value where where no one else is going to see it, right? Um okay. I think I I typically am somebody who can see a vision for a team and see how they're building a team. I typically end up being a year or two early. Um, for those of you who are who are longtime listeners, uh, you will know I was on the Eagles bandwagon uh, two years ago. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, I was on the Jags bandwagon um, at the beginning of the seasons. To be very clear, like before, I had the Jags winning that division last year. Um, mm-hmm. That division almost played out to a T of the way I predicted it. I thought the Jags and Titans would come down to like the last two weeks of the season. Um, a Falcons are a team that I see the way that they're building right now, and I think they're a really interesting team. Um, you know, that defense is solid, right? Uh, I don't think it's maybe amazing, but it, it's got some perennial um, – it's definitely got some pro bowlers on it, right? A.J. Terrell is on that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pieces that I, I really, really like for the Falcons. The reason that I think they, they come out and win that division is the way that they're building this team – Two or three deep at running back, right? One through three. I think Tyler Algier is a really good starting running back for a lot of teams in the NFL. Um, Cordell Patterson, he's obviously older. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of role he plays in this offense. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up actually playing more wide receiver this year just to just to be able to get him on the field and, and get more touches in his hand.
0: Yeah, they are uh, thinner at receiver this year too.
1: Yeah. So I think you're probably going to see some combination of like Drake London, uh, Cordell Patterson, uh, Matt Collins. Like, I think it's going to be a mixture of guys out there for the Falcons. But the point being is if you look at the Falcons weapons, if we just say this out loud, right. Um, B John Robinson, who anyone who watches college football thinks this guy is going to just absolutely be a monster. There's a reason he got picked in the top 10. Um, Kyle Pitts, Drake, London, um, and Cordell Patterson, right? He's going to kind of be the outside guy. And then Matt Collins is their wide receiver too. You look at that and that's a, that's a team loaded with offensive weapons, right? Desmond Ritter is kind of the question mark in this, but I don't think they're going to ask Desmond Ritter to do a lot. I think they're going to be a run first team that makes plays off of play action. And with an option like Kyle Pitts and Drake Lennon, both big body guys out there, I really, really, really like the way that they're putting that team together. I think that defense is good enough to win them games. Desmond Ritter should be really, really comfortable inside of this Atlanta offense. And that's going to be super... I'm going to say that a lot right here because the other three quarterbacks in this division aren't going to be super comfortable in their offense, right? Um, You have Bryce Young, first year in this offense. Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask, I guess, has been in this offense for more than one year kind of, um, but not really because Byron left, which was his offensive coordinator, his rookie year. And then you have Derek Carr, uh, in the saints offense, who it's his first year there too. Right. Yeah. So Desmond Ritter is the most familiar inside of this division. Um, and I think that offense is gonna, is gonna put up points, right? I don't think, and the division is, is not good, right? I think the no. def- that, that division is the most mediocre teams in there. So I think, I I think ten, to, 10 wins wins that division I really do it yeah. might be it might end up being nine wins that win that's five. where my division my division winner is at ten so ten so I think the Atlanta Falcons I just look at the weapons right uh, and, and even compare it across the division um, you know you look at the Saints you know Michael Thomas you know who, are we gonna ever see Michael Thomas return to Michael Thomas of younger years right um, Alvin Kamara is suspended for a couple of games. They have to bring in Kareem Hunt, who's an older running back. You know, outside of that, you know they have Chris Olave, who is probably the the best receiver in that division right now. Um, I think he's right up there with with Mike Evans. Um, we go to Tampa Bay. You have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but they're hurt a lot. Who's going to play running back for that team? Um, a lot of question marks of like what the quarterback's going to look like. What's that defense going to look like? is Todd Bowles actually a good head coach outside of Tom Brady, right? We haven't seen Todd Bowles have a ton of success. So, Mm -hmm. um, and then the Panthers who, who are really lacking in the weapons department, right? They bring in miles Sanders. They have DJ Chark, um,
0: Adam Thielen,
1: Adam Thielen, right? Like there, there isn't a ton of a ton of weapons for that. So I think Atlanta has the best weapons, when it comes to that, and I think it's going to require Desmond Ritter to do the least out of all of these quarterbacks, and I think that's what's going to propel them to a division win.
0: I could see it. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, and this is going to make me sound real dumb, but, like, I totally forgot that B. John Robinson existed when I was sitting here thinking about this, and I think you made a great point. Like, I think if Arthur Smith can get back to what he was doing in Tennessee, which is relying on the run game first, then working off play action, I think – Maybe they could try to figure something out. I do think that they should be one of the most, if not the most dangerous team in the red zone. With those two big targets, plus being good in the run game, Like you're not going to want to probably try to guard the Falcons on the goal line. Uh, it's probably not going to be very enjoyable for anybody involved. Because Ritter could probably get involved in that game as well in a short yardage situation. Like They could probably throw a read option in there too if they really wanted to. So, Yeah. I think this proves like just where the NFC South is in general. That like I think all four teams have a shot at this because, like you said, nine wins, nine wins could win this division. Very easy.
1: There, there's no team in this division that could win it that would shock me. Yeah, uh, genuinely. Like if anyone wins it, I wouldn't be blown out of the water. I just think the Falcons have the best chance with the weapons that they have. Um, so. All right, who who do you got as your as your third team in this division? A third team, I've got the Carolina
0: Panthers here. I've got them at 5-12. and 12. Um, I think realistically they'll probably get a win or two more than that maybe along the way. And again, they could win 9 or 10 and win the division. Um, Bryce Young, I think they have some pieces. Like you said, Miles Sanders did have, which I heard this the other day, Miles Sanders had like 1,200 rushing yards last year, which I didn't – really know that it was that many um so i mean we're gonna test the scheme there in carolina i think that's gonna be the biggest question mark that and bryce young um i also think that this offensive line is kind of the the x factor to their success this year if their offensive line comes out and plays at like a top 10 top 12 clip this team might win 10 games win the division if they are terrible i think this is where they land at it's closer to five or six um so, it's, again, it's nothing, nothing wrong with the Panthers. Again, is when you're sitting down looking at the schedule. Like, who do I think this team can for sure beat? And I just didn't see a lot of names on the schedule.
1: Yeah, they've they've got a rough go of this schedule here. I have the Panthers at fourth in this division. I have them going seven and ten. Um,
0: Are you? Yeah, okay. All right.
1: Yeah, so I had them last. I, I'm a big Frank Wright guy. I think Bryce Young is going to be productive. I just think he's going to struggle early. Um, I think, I think these guys, I, I don't like any of these quarterbacks to come out and tear it up immediately in this year's draft class. I, I really don't. Um, and I think Bryce is going to struggle a little bit early on. I think, you know, the way Frank Wright likes to play ball and, and coaches football, I think it's a transition for him. I think it's a transition for Bryce Young. Um, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. And I don't know if they're going to have the ability to do a ton of passing at the beginning. Um, I really, really like this team. I don't want to misconstrued it all. I think they have a tough, I think, I think this division, you know, I, I think this division gets split pretty much by everybody. And then, um, yeah, I think, I think everybody goes about even. And then I think outside of that, they just have tougher opponents. You know what I mean? I Jacksonville, uh, green Bay, um, the Cowboys, the bears, just, just tough outside the Vikings even, right? Like tough outside opponents, uh, the Seahawks. So I I think they struggle. I really do. I think five, I think seven and 10, which is, I know two more wins than you think they have, but I think, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting team, but I just don't know if they, they piece it all together this year. I'm going to compare it a lot to the struggles that Trevor Lawrence had his first year. Um, now Trevor Lawrence did not have as good of a coach, as Bryce Young has his first year, but I still think there's a, a transition time in the NFL, and I think I don't think Bryce Young is the kind of player who's going to be able to immediately overcome it. I think he shows flashes of being really good, but I think he does struggle somewhat early and often. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think it could be very interesting to see where he's at because again, a lot of people think that like they have, he has a promising year, and I think that that could be. I think you might have it. Pinned where it's just a very slow start, maybe like a one and five, two and six, two and seven start. And then they maybe kind of kick it on towards the end of the year, can string together two or three to get to five, you know, six, seven wins.
1: Yeah. But I, I definitely going to be
0: one of the more interesting teams because for sure. Yeah. The name value is not there, but like they do have guys that have produced. It's just, you know, Thielen is a bit old. Sanders has always produced. um And I've always thought Chark is super underrated, but you have to use him right. There's a skill set there. If you try to throw him out there and act like DJ Chark's going to be your number one receiver and expect him to do those things, it's probably not going to happen. But if you use him the right way, he can really open up a new level of your offense.
1: Yeah, this is a team coming off their week seven bye. I think that could get hot, right? They play the Texans with another rookie quarterback. They play the Colts with another rookie quarterback, right? I think I think that team starts to build momentum around the midseason, but I do think early, I think it's going to be really, really, really tough for them. Um, all right, who do you have second in that division?
0: Second in this division, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it's still a horrible 5-12. and 12. I had a okay. lot of losses in this division. Um, Tampa's biggest question mark... Honestly, to me, is still kind of the defense um, because obviously the quarterback issue is a question mark and it's one that's been heavily documented. Um, The defense, to me, can be the biggest swing factor here. I think it'd be a bigger swing factor than the quarterback could be because this is a defensive head coach and this is a defense that still has a lot of name, a lot of payroll tied up into it, and a lot of talent. Um, They're definitely weak in the secondary Vita is good. Shaq Barrett's good. Um, Levante David's still there? I think Levante David's still there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Like, they've definitely still got some pieces on that defense. Um, Obviously, again, the quarterback situation, I always thought Kyle Trask was underrated coming out of college. I think he had a better year than anyone gave him credit for uh, his last year at Florida. But we have no idea what he's going to look like at the NFL level. Baker, again – has done what he's always done, and he's shown flashes last year. And, you know, it's got half the world believing in it. The other half doesn't want to sit here and get bamboozled again. I've always been a Baker guy, and I have faith in him, but I also have, uh, you know, I would like to see what Kyle Trask can do this year at the same time. So um, if this team is, you know, not competing, I expect both of those guys to get a good amount of playing time because they're going to have to figure out what they want to do at the quarterback position for the next year, whether it's going to be one of these two guys or – it's gonna be, uh, you know, a draft pick that's coming in. They have a, a lot of decisions to make because there really is still a lot of talent in Tampa, and it's either time to blow it up, get some pieces back that you could build for later, and sell off some of these guys that are still very good to contenders, or kind of make a make or break move. And at five and twelve. Feels like selling is going to be the better option, especially yeah. without a quarterback in play. Um, they have enough talent to to make this a very short rebuild, you know. Like if they if they really play the cards right, but we'll see how aggressive they get. And also, we got to see if Todd Bowles is going to be the head coach by the end of the year. Because, I mean, if that, it's hard enough to justify a defensive head coach in today's day and age in the NFL. If your defense is going to suck, why why are you here? what am I paying you for at that point? You know, like you are uh, kind of an outdated product, and the reason to keep you around is because you're good at your job. So if you're not fulfilling that, then, then, you know, what's the point of not going to find the next Sean McVay or the next such and such, you know, young hotshot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have similar feelings about the, the Buccaneers. I have them finishing third in this division at eight and nine. Um, it's there's such a hard team to put together. Right. Cause I think the troops rally around Baker and I think they kind of are the opposite where, you know, I think they could start out the season, you know, two and two or, or some kind of hot streak here. Um My only worry with them is that they end up turning it over to um turning it over to Kyle Trask at some point. And that's when I think it kind of gets ugly. Mm. Um I, I really do. But I think uh, I think this team is going to be really good against teams who had losing records last year, and really bad against teams with winning records last year. Um, I think ultimately is what it comes down to. I think they're going to beat up on rookie quarterbacks because that pass rush is so good. Baker Mayfield isn't going to have to do a lot, right? Uh, yeah. This is the I think this is the best weapons he's probably ever had in his career, which is kind of kind of wild to say, but
0: yeah, because uh, his weapons have always been tailored more towards the backfield. Now he's got guys to throw to instead.
1: Yeah. So I, I, it wouldn't shock me if the Buccaneers came out and won this division. It really, really wouldn't. I just don't know how good of a head coach Todd Bowles is. Um, and he's somebody who I always liked as a defensive coordinator. I thought he was going to be a great fit when Tampa Bay brought him on. And then when they promoted him to head coach, I just, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what that team's going to look like in close game situations. That's really what scares me the most. Um, but yeah, Tampa, Tampa Bay is definitely going to be going to be interesting for sure. It's going to be, they're going to be a fun team to watch. They're going to be, that is for sure. Yeah.
0: Anytime, anytime you're sitting there thinking both of these quarterbacks are probably going to start about eight games, probably not going to, probably not in for a good season, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're like, man, I'm not sure who's going to come out ahead. That's, that's and also
0: extremely hard to predict as well.
1: Like, yeah, it really, really, really is, um, who do you got winning this thing?
0: I've got the Saints winning this division at uh, ten and seven, um, which I think is probably a game higher than uh, where they might finish at. again. Like I think a nine-win team is probably right on uh, right on the money here. The reason I have the Saints here is uh, you look around at those other teams, some young bucks along the way. There's this is an older Saints team lot more experience. I think the defensive side of the ball is what wins some games. Because when I look at the other three quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield has been known to have his turnover problems. Kyle Trask is a young guy, doesn't have a lot of experience. Bryce Young's a rookie. Desmond Ritter's a young guy, not a lot of experience. This defense is skilled. I think their division record is what's going to set them apart in this race. I think they're going to win 4, 5, maybe even go 6-0 and oh in the division. It's possible. Like I think – Wow, the def- I think the defense is what anchors the Saints. And I, I, I had to stop. My, there's just a couple times where I was going through this. I'm like, all right, the Saints have too many wins. But I'm just looking at this thing. And when it comes – I mean, they – I saw them do it against Tom Brady for three years. Like, Tom Brady got his first win as a Buccaneer against the Saints last year. It was his third year in the division. He yeah. could not beat the New Orleans Saints for two years. So, I think – it's not going to be a pretty division win by any stretch. I think it's going to be ugly as all get out. But I think when you have an experienced defense, you bring in an experienced quarterback. Hopefully you can get some healthy weapons in. I think Chris Olave is in for a huge year, especially if Michael Thomas doesn't show up. Um, I've always been a big Chris Olave guy. Um, I'm hoping that they can get him really involved in the offense this year. And, We'll have to see. I think Kareem Hunt, I mean, Kareem Hunt was still a stud in Cleveland. He was just behind Nick Chubb. So I think six games of Kareem Hunt or four games, whatever, Alvin Kamara's out. I think yeah, it gets him forward. Slow. Um, so again, not a, not a, a pretty division winner. And I think six and oh in the division is probably not going to happen. It's impossible for really anybody to do that. But, um, I just, I see the experience on the defense and just, um, I think that's what kind of separates it when you look at Cam Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore, Tyron Matthew, Demario Davis. Like these guys are gonna look for every nook and cranny and hole and weakness in these young quarterbacks' games, and I think they might be able to coast that to a decent season if they can just put up decent offensive numbers. I think if they have, is, it, is it a team that I feel like could have like a top. 16, you know, right around that mark, like 17th, 16th best offense and defense and win nine, 10 games,
1: you know? Yeah. So you're ready for where I have the saints. Yeah. Hopefully not last. I have them in second. We already, I already had the Panthers last, so I have them in second. I have them also going 10 and seven. Um, I have the way I had this shape out. I spent a lot of time on this in case anyone was wondering, I have it so their week 18 game. It is uh, Falcons at Saints, in case anyone wanted to know that. Mm -hmm. I have the Falcons winning that game, and that puts them not only does that allow them to win the playoffs, it allows them to win the division. So if the Saints win that game, though, the Saints win the division, they go 11 and six, the Falcons miss the playoffs at nine and eight. Mm -hmm. So I have both teams in the playoffs at 10 and seven. One is a four seed, one is a seven seed. Yeah. And Atlanta just holds the tiebreaker over the Saints. I have them going two and zero against the Saints inside the division. So um, I think it's a really interesting division. Um, I don't think any of these teams are Super Bowl contenders. I'm going to come out and say that right now. If, um, if either
0: any of these guys are in the divisional round, I would be kind of surprised. And one, I guess, one of them's probably going to. It's just one win for most, but yeah. Definitely not going to see uh, an NFC title run. I think on anybody here.
1: I agree. But yeah, I think, I think this is one of the closest divisions in football for non good reasons is what I'm going to say there. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think there's some really close divisions because there's a lot of good teams. And I think there's this is one of those divisions where, yeah, I think eight, nine, 10 wins wins it. But I think a lot of these teams are mediocre um, is really what it comes down to. So to recap that division, I have the Falcons winning at 10 and seven, the saints finishing second at 10 and seven, the Buccaneers at third at eight and nine, the Panthers and fourth at seven and 10.
0: I've got the saints at 10 and seven winning it. And then it is a steep drop to the Buccaneers and the Panthers, both at five and 12, and then the Falcons
1: at four and 13.
0: So not a lot of wins to uh, spread around in that division.
1: Yeah, you didn't. You didn't have any faith in these guys here. Nothing. So. I've got nothing for these guys. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the NFC North here. Who do you who do you have finishing fourth in this division?
0: Fourth place in this division. I have the Green Bay Packers at Ooh. last in this division at five and twelve. A rough season in Green Bay. Um, not a huge Jordan Love fan. Um. Not a huge fan of a lot of things on this team to be 100% honest with you. Um I think they're going to struggle a lot more than usual. Um I think the division is probably better than it's been in the last 5 to 10 years. I mean, this is this is a cakewalk division for Aaron Rodgers for many, many, many a years. And not only is it not a cakewalk division, I think they have three teams that all have shots to make the playoffs. Like I think all four of these teams have a decent chance to make the postseason. Obviously, somebody's going to get left in the dust, um, and I think it's the inexperience of Green Bay. It all it, I think a lot of it comes down to what – is it Mike LaFleur? It's Matt LaFleur,
1: right? Matt LaFleur, yeah.
0: Yeah, Matt LaFleur. I think a lot of it comes down because if they just turn, you know, try to, try to play like an Indianapolis Colts type of offense or a San Francisco Baltimore where we're just going to run the ball. Uh, we play cold weather football come postseason time. We're just gonna really ride the run game all year. Not make Jordan Love do a lot. They might be able to succeed, but I I think they're gonna try to give Jordan Love the reins a bit. I think he's uh, not gonna succeed super well with him and I think that's where I have them struggling. And it's and it's not really a lot. What is a lot, but like the division, how strong the division, and in comes into play a lot here as well. Um, because I have the other three teams finishing very well. Uh, so it yeah. just hard for everybody to finish well, you know?
1: Yeah. Mike LaFleur is his brother. Matt is the head coach. Yeah. You Mike had me.
0: Is he in? Uh,
1: I know he's an OC somewhere. He is. He was an OC for the Jets. He was replaced with Nathaniel Hackett. He's now the OC for the, the Rams? Rams. Yes. Rams. Yep. Yeah, you had me mess I was like questioning myself. I was like, man, is it not Matt LaFleur? I'm like, am I going nuts here? Um Green Bay Packers, I have in the same exact spot you do actually, fourth in the division. Um I have them going 6 and 11. Uh I think they're they're going to be okay. I think their offensive line is really good. I think they're going to be able to run the ball really well with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Um I think this defense is also going to be pretty good. I just don't think they're going to, I don't know what that pass game looks like. I I really don't. Uh, Aaron Rodgers made the most out of what he had last year. Um, and I'm not sure that, uh, Jordan love is going to be able to stretch it the same way Aaron Rodgers was. So that is really my big concern with this team. Um, is is there's just not not a lot of offensive weapons right we talked about it a lot with the nfc south there's there's a lot of weapons on those nfc south teams that would probably be the best wide receiver for green bay today um so i really like christian watson uh still a little bit of an unknown kind of curious to see what he ends up he turned it on late in the season last year can he have that same connection with jordan love i I just don't know the answer to that so i've got him going six and ten here as well um and they're a team that probably, they don't make big swings, right? They're not going to trade no. a lo- lot of guys away at the the deadline. They're probably going to stick with Love. They don't have a lot of options there. So this is a team that I just think is, is going to be mediocre. Um, I don't think they're going to make a big move to jump up one way or another or do anything crazy. I, I, I think they're just going to be okay. So um, who do you got finishing third in this division? Third in this division, I have the Vikings at eight and nine. Um,
0: this is a team. Uh, I, I'm I'm tr- I'm gonna try not to say it because I think you're gonna talk about it when we get there. Um, but it's also hard for me to talk about why I have I mention it, so I'm going to um, yeah, talk about it. Talk about it. teams winning one score games. Any team that has very posi- a, a positive margin, or especially like a dominant margin in one possession games one year, most likely. Will not repeat that performance the last or the next year. And they were absolutely phenomenal in one score games last year. They were untouchable in one score games, honestly. Um, I think his swing's going to come back on them a bit. Um, I think the defense still hasn't really kicked it into gear. They had a negative point differential in week 18 and still made the playoffs somehow. Um, it's because the defense couldn't do anything. Um, I don't know if the defense gets it figured out. They don't have as much of the name value anymore. Um, And I really haven't seen any guys that have come over that I've been super impressed by. Like, I've been impressed by some young guys on defenses in this division. And I've liked a lot of what Chicago's done, the drafted guys being in Detroit. I don't love a lot of the things here. I think they're going to rely on putting up 30, 35 points a game, and it's not going to win them every single game this year like it did last year. Uh, this is definitely a team that if the defense turns it on, they could easily, easily win this division. And they they have a shot at the one seed if their defense can get it together because the offense really isn't a question. We're going to see um, how good Alexander Madison is. I don't think I'm as high on Alexander Madison as most people are. Um, I don't know if it's just because I haven't watched him yet. And I don't think he's bad. I just I feel like the general notion that I've gotten is they're not going to lose a beat Dalvin Cook is gone. They lost a the top five, top 10 running back, and they're not going to skip a beat. They might even be better with Alexander Madison. I think that's asinine because um, I think Dalvin Cook is is one of the best running backs in the league. Um, but we're going to find out. Um, I just think that, you know, I think what is Colin Coward that talks about it the most, and I'm sure you're going to talk about it too, The that one score game trend is pretty true to form for the most part. And there was no team better in one score games last year than the Minnesota Vikings. So.
1: Yeah, I've got them. I've got them third as well. Um, I think everything you look at this team, it's tough, right? Um, you lose weapons on offense, you lose Adam Thielen, you lose Dalvin cook, right? That's, that's a big loss to your offense right there. Um, the defense also not didn't get much better. You lose uh, Kendrick Perkins. You lose. Um, oh man, why am I blanking Michael on Kendricks. that? Mike, oh, did I uh, say Harrison. Kendrick? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's Harrison let's back Smith. that up. Harrison Smith's gone. Michael Kendricks is gone. Thank you. I don't know why I call him Kendrick Perkins. I'm thinking of the NBA guy. Um, uh, who else left?
0: There's one Anthony Barr's free agent. He's not there anymore, which I don't yeah. know if he was
1: there last year or not. Oh, he yeah. was in Dallas last year. Actually. never he, mind. He's he was in Dallas. To, yeah. He's been gone for two years now. So you look at those subtractions and then you go, okay, well, who did they add? They drafted a uh, Jordan Addison in the first round, mm-hmm. right? They, they got Addison. I'm not, yeah. that's not backwards in my head. Um, they add Addison and and I, it's a lot of a rookie wide receiver to try to come into this position and come in. I don't think it's a bad team by any means. I just think we're going to see them take that step back. Um, you're going to rely more on Kirk Cousins, which I like Kirk Cousins a lot. I just don't think he's that kind of guy that you can say, okay, hey, we're going to reduce your weapons. Now go win more games. I just, I don't see that for this team. Um, I think the defense got worse. I just, there isn't a lot of these pieces to me that, you know, you're asking Patrick Peterson to be elite, like hold on to the miracle for one more year, um, which is always tough. He's there, right? I'm not getting that backwards. Now now I'm all over the place. I don't know if I'm getting anything right. I think he's still there from what I remember it. Yeah, he was there last year, had a great season. Um, but yes, he's still with the Vikings. Okay, okay, cool. Oh no, he's with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He left too. That's, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, good. I'm glad I caught myself there, but yeah. Point being, defense got worse, offense definitely got worse. I think this team takes a small step back. They go seven and ten. I'm not saying they're 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 lighting the world on fire or anything like that, but I just don't. I don't think this team's good enough to kind of get it over that edge. So,
0: what uh, what record
1: do you have them again? Seven and ten. Seven and ten. Okay. So seven eight, and ten. Eight, I had nine. Eight and yeah. nine. So right there. Yeah. And, and again, we're doing the best we can to try to predict these records. I think anything, I don't know, plus or minus two or three, I think is all within reason. Within you know line. what I mean? Yeah. It de- de- just depends on on the team, right? When we're talking about a seven and 10 team, I don't see the Vikings winning 10 games. Now, if they won nine, wouldn't shock me. I just don't see them winning 10. You know, that's um, fair. Some of these lower teams, you know what I mean, that we have at two wins they could end up with four or five wins pretty easily pretty, you know what i mean so yeah, 100%. yeah a fumble a kicker misses a kick a field goal something like that like those situations happen they are real um i it's just it's hard to get it exactly right point being i don't think i think the vikings take a step back this year um a lot of talk that maybe this is Kirk cousins last year in minnesota and maybe they'll try to find their their long-term solution or um you know, try to trade Kirk cousins while there's still some value there. Um, cause I think, you know, you offer the 49ers, Kirk cousins right now. And I bet you, I bet you they'd offer him something. So, um, mm. but yeah, I think this is, this is a step back. I do think Kirk cousins is going to play a little bit better than he did last year. I know that sounds weird after all I've said, but it's the second year in Kevin O'Connell's offense, I think will help. I think he'll kind of be more in rhythm and have a better understanding going into it. I just think the weapons aren't going to be there to kind of represent that step forward. So, yeah, but yeah, we are a big proprietor of one possession wins. I, I know that's Colin Cowherd's big thing, but I, I don't always agree with Colin, but I think that's one of his great points of yeah. it's really hard to constantly win one one possession games, unless you're talking about an elite quarterback, right? Yeah, if we're talking agreed. about an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning winning all of their one possession games. Sure. I think that is somewhat repeatable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're asking me to then bet, like, let's, let's talk about the Minnesota and Buffalo game last year. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a fumble, like, or it was it a, f- yeah, it was a fumble or or a safety by Josh Allen on the end zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those things just aren't repeatable, right? Like you can't, no. I like I Jefferson's
0: bet, catch on fourth and 19 is not repeatable
1: is not repeatable too. And that, and they didn't even end up scoring on that drive. I don't think, but, um, and they won that in overtime with a field goal against the bills. I just don't think those things are going to continuously happen season after season. Right. No. Um, you can't.
0: Yeah. There's a difference between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, you know, having a bunch of fourth quarter comebacks and Tony Romo yeah. and Kirk cousins having a bunch of fourth quarter comebacks. You know, there's, yeah. there's levels to those two things.
1: There's teams that have advantages in these one possession games and you see them do well. You know what I mean? You see them kind of thrive and have success. then there's teams who just get lucky in the one possession games. And, and frankly, I think Minnesota was one of those teams that got lucky, right? Like you're not going to beat the Buffalo bills in overtime with a field goal. Super, super often. They were able to do that last year. That's not something I'm going to bank on happening every single year. Um, Who do you got finishing second in this division?
0: Second in this division, I had the Chicago bears with a surger of a season at nine and eight. Um, this uh, this is a team that could be a real disappointment this year because um, I think a lot of people have their hopes up on Chicago. Um, I'm definitely one of them, right? Uh, DJ Moore's in the building. Um, I like Khalil Herbert a lot. Justin Fields is looking to build. I really like what Ryan Poles has done with this defense. I think they've brought – like outside of DJ Moore, there was no splash, oh, my God, I can't believe the Bears just got that guy, but there was like – four, five, six, seven guys where I'm like, man, that's a really like, that's a good piece. Like that is a, that is a guy that I would want on a championship team, you know, like where I'm like, okay, yeah. I need a, I need a fourth. I need a third linebacker. I need a fourth linebacker. Maybe I need a third corner just moves like that where you're like, man, it doesn't blow you away, but there's just three or four of those role player guys where you're like, man, that's like, you put all these guys on the same team now plus the one superstar they have, plus, you know, the young guys they have coming up. Like this team could really make some noise. Um, I think a lot of it is going to come down to the coaching. Uh, Is it Matt Eberflus, Atlanta, Chicago, correct? From from Indy?
1: From Indy, yeah. This Uh, is his second year. Um, Luke Getze is their OC.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think the defense is where you really see the uptick here. Um, And again – Playing in a division with not a lot of super talented quarterbacks. Uh, this is a team that should be able to hopefully try to impose their role on defense. They're gonna have to play a team style of football, right? This is not gonna be, you know, like the the twenty fifteen cam year we talked about where like they went fifteen and one and got to the Super Bowl because this one guy, they are gonna get there by playing twenty-two guys, buying in and you know, the what is it? Thirty-one guys behind him, also buying into what those twenty-two guys are doing. You know, so yeah. um, I think it's—I have my expectations probably a little high for Chicago this year, but again, uh, I'm all for a little Cinderella story every once in a while. And I think uh, I think there's two at the top of this division, at least for me.
1: Yeah, I I think so. here here's what I'll say about Chicago um, to kind of build off of that second year for the head coach, second year uh, for Luke Getzey third year for Justin Fields. Okay. Um, this is the best weapons. Justin Fields is going to have that he's had in his career. Right. Um, and we're looking for him to take that big step forward. Right. Um, we we're, we're expecting that Trevor Lawrence effect that Trevor had last year. We're expecting that in Justin Fields this year, he still got potential out of everyone in, in, from his draft class. Um, I think he's probably besides Trevor Lawrence, he's probably the second best quarterback in there. You know what I mean? It's either yeah. him or Mac Jones at this point. Yeah. Um, but we're looking for that step now. I don't think that step. I, I kind of am in lockstep with you. I have the Bears going eight and nine as well. Okay, um, right there. So I think I think somewhere in that that five hundred record kind of area here, I don't I don't think is crazy at all. Um, I think there's good, there's a lot of work to do here, and I think they're a year early is really what I think. I think this team goes 8-9. Everybody feels really good about it in the building. Um, they have draft picks from Carolina next year. This is a team that's got two first-rounders going into next year. They feel really good about that. They added DJ Moore. This this is going to be a really good, feel-good team this year, and then next year is when we're going to see them take that step up. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I think I think I like I like the direction that that team is heading. I think that defense is better. I I kind of agreed almost with everything you said. Um, and we've really been in lockstep in this division, believe it or not, which is kind of weird to say. Yeah. But um, we did not see each other's before we did this. To also to be clear for yeah. everyone, we we are doing this blind. I did it on my own. Took me about two hours or so to do. Um, not because it's that hard. It's just. I kept looking at it, go. Ah, that's too low for that team, or that's too high for that team. And after two hours, I still think I'm too low on some teams, and you know that's it. Kind of is what it is. So um, the
0: the two hour mark is where you start to be like, all right, now I'm just sitting here looking at it for too long, right? Like if you sit there and look at it for seven hours, you're going to change it for seven hours. Like, yeah, um, I don't think you're ever going to be fully happy with what you have, just because it's impossible to try to guess what. Thirty-two teams are going to do in seventeen games apiece, and then more in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the division winner. We both obviously have the Lions. What do you have the Lions going?
0: Are the Lions at ten and seven? Um, so just just a game ahead of the Bears uh, puts them at the four seed. I guess the tiebreaker goes to the Saints for the three seed. Don't mind. Um, this is a team that's again expecting another step forward. They had a great building block year last year. They're looking for another step. Um, I want to wanna say, I don't know. This is, this is interesting, and I just thought of this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if there is a Super Bowl window for the Detroit Lions with the current regime, but I think Ben Johnson is going to get a head coaching job this next offseason, especially yeah. if they do well this year, and I think the job's going to get twice as hard unfortunately like uh i don't want to say like we're going to see the lines do really well this year ben johnson's going to go elsewhere and they're going to suck but trying to get four thousand plus yards out of jared goff and under 10 interceptions not a lot of guys are going to do that you know and we have to see if ben johnson could do it two years in a row i mean there's the skepticism of this year where the seven losses come in right and they can't break into the upper echelon where they're at 12 13 14 wins but i think they had a really good draft class um Positional value be damned. I like Jack Campbell and Jameer Gibbs a lot. Um, On Ross St. Brown's going to keep building. I think they've just made the right move and the difficult move at a lot of points too. Like I think it was probably, you know, Penny Sewell was not the most exciting pick in the world, but I now looks really good. You know, you're protecting Jared Goff's blind side. We've got a good running game. Um you know i think the lions are in for good they're definitely the feel good story i think of of the year still they were the feel good story last year and i think either the bears or the lions are going to be the feel good story this year as well so
1: yeah i um, yeah to kind of build off your points i'm glad you brought up ben johnson cuz i was going to talk about ben johnson so um Second year with Jared Goff, I, I am, sh- I'm still kind of blown away. Ben Johnson did not get a head coaching job this off season. Yeah. I, I really think he's next off season. When we're talking about the coaching carousel, I think he's going to be one of the top guys out there for sure. Um, yeah. he was able to maximize Jared Goff only like Sean McVay has. Right. And we think yeah. of Sean McVay as this offensive genius. And I think Ben Johnson's done a really, really, really good job for them. Um, yeah and I could not agree with you more. Um, I, I don't like Jack Campbell as much as you do. Um, I think I was further on that pick. Uh, that's fair. You know, I also hate taking running backs in the first round, but I mean, man, if there were a team that was allowed to do it, I would say it's this team. Um, Really, with David Monk, and I also really like David Montgomery, to be clear, too. I thought he would have been a fine starting running back uh, with DeAndre Deandre Swift backing him up. But I think you put Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery in the backfield. I think you've got really good weapons back there. Um, You're going to get Jamison Williams back, but he's suspended for eight games, I want to say. Right? Is that right?
0: I don't remember how many. I didn't think it was eight, but it might be. I thought it was closer to the. I thought it was six, but...
1: I'm pretty sure... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was eight. Um, six. So it is six. Okay. It is six Okay. Yeah. So he's suspended for the first six games, but you're going to get him back and he gives you kind of that deep threat weapon. Oh, but the, yeah. But the good news is, I mean, Marvin Jones Jr. is a fine number two option. Denzel Mims is an absolute fine number three option. Um, they went out. I really like Laporta. Um, I think that's going to
0: be a big like X factor. Like that's where they break from like, Eight wins and missing the playoffs to 10 and 11 is can they get that production, especially for those first six games? Cause I do think they're gonna be a bit hurting in the pass catching game. Yeah. For those six. So everybody's got to step in the six games. They get Jameson Williams back, man. That is uh amon Ross and Brown and Jameson Williams should be a extremely dangerous one to, yeah. to, to try to deal with. So then at that point, anything else in the receiving game is just cheddar. Jameer Gibbs has been splitting out and playing a lot of wide receiver. It's like they could get real freaky. I'm really excited to see what Ben Johnson's is going to do because if I, you know, week seven rolls around and I see Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams outside, I see Jameer Gibbs in the slot, David Montgomery in the backfield, Sam LaPorte on the line, I might shit myself. Like that's going to be really, really fun football to watch for us nerds. So um, I'm really excited to see what the Lions are going
1: to do this year. Yeah, Penny Sewell is their right tackle. By the way, not their left tackle. Yeah,
0: um, I remember that because they still put Taylor Decker over there on the left side. Yeah, I still that would, that's the one move that I don't like them doing. To be honest but, with you,
1: besides but, the point, they have a really good offensive line. I'm trying to think of their their center's name. Ben Ben Jones? Is it Ben Jones?
0: Yeah. Well, no, he was in uh, Tennessee. It's uh, Frank Ragno. Is there Frank center. Ragno?
1: Yeah, there you go. Another uh, really, really, really good center in the league. Right, Top five center in the game. Yeah. Yeah, so really good, really good offensive line. They add weapons at running back, which is where they always kind of struggled. Um, yeah, their wide receiver room is gonna be interesting, but I mean Jameer Gibbs again is another one of those running backs. He might be playing in the slot form early on. Yeah. You know, he could be it could be David Montgomery in the backfield and then uh Jameer Gibbs. Um Jameer Gibbs playing some wide receiver form. So I think uh I really like the direction of them. I think I don't know if I said what I had him going, but I have the Lions going 11 and six. So yep, one more game than you. Um, for me, that puts them as the second seed in the NFC. So we'll kind of get more into that earlier. I have some teams taking a bigger step back than you probably do. Um, but yeah, Lions 11 and six. There, there's your division winner there. Um, anything else you want to add to that?
0: No, I do think it's a little nuts, just the last note on the line. It's like, they had a really good backfield last year. You know, DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams. They let both of them go in the offseason and still have a really, really good backfield going into this year with the two guys they added. So
1: it is pretty crazy. Um, Next, we're going to talk about the NFC West. Uh, I'm going to talk about why I put these divisions in the order, because when we talked about it at first, I said the most interesting and I wrote them for this reason um, because I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast. Um, we have a lot of Cowboys fans and we have a lot of 49ers fans. So I made yes. sure to put those divisions last on purpose. Um, we have some giants fans, some Eagles fans. So I made sure to put the, the ones that I know our fans are, are of it, at the very end. I did that on purpose. So. Smart man. Um, that's why those teams, those, those, those two divisions are last. I couldn't remember why I did that, but yeah, um, I definitely did. So let's jump in in the NFC West here. I'm 95% sure we're going to have the same team finishing fourth here. Who do you got? I have the
0: Arizona Cardinals. Um, surprise, surprise. I have them at one and sixteen. I think it's going to be very difficult for a team to finish with less than three wins in today's day and age in the NFL. I don't think there's that much of a gap between teams, but just kind of how the schedule shaked out for them um Murray's probably not gonna be ready until week eight or nine I would assume after eight or nine weeks of the backup quarterback who I honestly don't know who their backup
1: is off the top of my head
0: um check real quick it might be Trace McSorley I would really hope that there's a guy in front of him
1: there it is not Trace McSorley because Trace Um, McSorley plays for the New England Patriots oh I didn't know you guys posted him
0: Yeah, I'll never forget the day that Arizona poached uh, Trace McSorley off our practice squad. I was so sad for quite a few days.
1: They currently have four quarterbacks on the roster, David Blau, Jeff Driscoll, Colt McCoy, Kyler Murray, and Clayton Toon. So I guess five guys.
0: The only chance they have is to recreate some Colt McCoy magic because for some reason I do remember the last couple times Colt McCoy suited up, he kind of played out of his mind. So if Colt McCoy could turn it on, maybe this team has a chance. But when you look at the optics of a team playing with a backup quarterback for eight to nine games – And then trying to bring the starter in. And it's not like this team has a ton of talent elsewhere. AJ Green's gone. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. They have lost a considerable amount of talent on the offensive side. The defense really didn't get much better. Still a lot of questions at corner. They lose J.J. Watt in the pass rush. Like, there is just not a ton to look forward to. I do love the draft they had in the offseason. I think in general wasn't terrible. Just Kyler being out half the season – you know, if you get to week, you know, going into week nine and you're sitting with two, three wins, what's the point of trotting Kyler Murray out there at that point, right? I'd rather yeah. him just, instead of doing, you know, 75% NFL, 25% games and zero film study, I would like 50% film study, 50% Call of Duty, and we'll call it good for the second half of the season. You know, I uh, just, there's not a lot to look forward to. Because there's no again, I think that's the biggest thing. There's no reason to trot out a franchise quarterback when you're already six games bet below 500.
1: you know. Yeah, and that's and I kind of share that sentiment. I mean, there's no table timeline. Um, he's probably gonna be on the pup list when it comes to week one, not on the injured reserve. So there's a chance he plays before midseason, but it's still probably not super likely. Um, is is my guess there. Um so I I don't know. They're they're in a really tough spot. Like you said, I think uh, they they set themselves up really good for success going forward by getting Houston's first round pick next year. Yeah. um, Who I also think is going to be bad. I I think, again, we talked about this last year. um, The Cardinals might have two top five picks. Yeah. So, like, I don't think that's a crazy. That's not an outlandish situation for us to see happen here. So um, I have them going four and 13. I think that's a little bit more realistic. I think when Kyler, if Kyler does come back, he leads him some wins. I think Colt McCoy um, maybe gets him a couple wins as long as he doesn't get hurt. But yeah, I think they're in a bleak bleak. The defense is is pretty bare. The offense is pretty bare. There There isn't a lot of pieces here. This is a team um, where they're not in a mini rebuild. They're in a full rebuild here. So yeah. Um, yeah. who do you have? Who do you have going third in that division?
0: Third in the NFC West, I have the Los Angeles Rams, 3-14. and 14. Again, definitely a lower win total than what's most likely going to happen. I think that team, honestly, probably around seven wins. I think I'd probably shoot closer to five. I'm not as high on them. Um, I'm not sure what Stafford's going to look like coming off of Tommy John surgery. I think that's a very interesting and also just a rare Uh, Rare injury for an NFL quarterback to have. It's definitely not a common one. Um, I think the the offensive line is the biggest key here. Uh, The defense isn't great. They lose Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, they are still in the deepest level of cap hell currently. Still no draft picks. Not a lot of youth coming in. Um, This is a team that, like you said, had what, like a 77% or 84% return rate because they quite literally had no money to spend and no picks to give, you know? Yeah. Um. So Stafford questionable off the injury. The defense got worse. The offensive line is the biggest thing because you throw, you know, the great wall of Dallas in front of this team, you know, they might go out, they're probably going to win 10 to 11. I don't think they're really that bad at the skill spots, but if Matthew Stafford gets two and a half seconds to throw, man, nobody's open. You know, there's just – there's no weapons that are going to create separation that quickly. It's the only downfall to Cooper Cup is route runners usually need an extra second or two. They're going to get plenty of separation, but they've got to get into the route. You know, like unless you're running quick slants all game, there's – you know, every route takes a, a bit of time to develop, you know, without it just being a snap throw. So, um the offensive line is the biggest uh key factor there. And also I'm thinking Stafford probably doesn't play the full year. I think at some mm-hmm. point he misses time and and again when it gets to week ten, you got a backup quarterback in and you're even if you're four and four and six and just you know, and Stafford's out the rest of the year, what am I playing for? You know, there's yeah. not a lot of hope here.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same same boat that you are in. Uh I've got them third. I have them going 8 and 9. I still think there's some talent on here. I think yeah. uh Stafford's still going to muster them to some wins. I re- I really believe that. Um I think Stenson Bennett is an interesting player for them. I think he might end up starting a couple of games for him. Um you know what I mean if if it gets bad at the end of the season and they end up sitting Stafford because of a because of an, another injury or anything like that. I, I just feel bad for Stafford. I mean, he got a Super Bowl right. He did his part, but yeah, you know, he's he's 35 years old going into this season. Um, coming off a an, an elbow injury, is that right?
0: Yeah, the Tommy John's that uh, the elbow. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's part of the elbow. That's what I thought. Um, it's a it's so a pitcher's just-
0: injury. You know. Yeah,
1: it's it's a, it's a tough injury. You know what I mean? He's, he's already an old guy. You know, does that cost him some ball speed? Does he lose some of that ability? Um, good news is he still has Cooper cup. So Cooper cup yeah. is one of those guys. You don't need a lot of ball speed to throw to a guy like Cooper cup. So, true. um, true. I think they're disappointing maybe of like where Rams fans will expect him to be at, but I still think they piece together a somewhat decent season. Um, Luckily, after this year, though, I think they're in a point where they maybe can start to rebuild. So I, I'm excited for that for them. Um, I think they're in a mini rebuild stage, not a full rebuild stage. But, yeah, I think eight and nine is is probably appropriate of where they end up. So,
0: yeah, hopefully I don't know where their draft pick. I don't think they have the draft picks back yet this year either. So hopefully they do land closer to your side because, I mean, if they're, you know, sub five wins, they don't have their pick. Man, that is a, a stinging feeling to
1: have. I think they do have them back.
0: Okay, they might. I have no idea,
1: to be honest with you. Um, let me let me double check that. But I I think they get it back. I think I think they're all back to theirs. Uh, yeah, they have the round one. So okay, they have so they, they have their theirs in twenty four, and they have their second, their third, their fourth, their fifth, their seventh. Oh wow, they have they have all their own picks. I think. Okay, just about it all. Yeah. Yeah. So um, where are we at in this division? We're on second, second place. Who do you got going? Who do you have finished in second place here? I'm the Seattle
0: Seahawks here at eight and nine, um, just missing the play- second team out of the playoffs for me. Um, I think again, they, it, they don't follow the, you know, the one score rule like the Vikings do, but generally speaking, if you have the random breakout year, right, like not a rookie, not a sophomore kind of coming into his own, just the random, hey, why is that guy 30 and playing the best football of his career kind of year? Very hard to duplicate that again the next year. Um, I yeah. think Gino Smith is probably going to regress a bit. Um, uh, they got better uh, in the backfield. I think hopefully they can keep Kenneth Walker healthy. healthy. I like Zach Charbonnet a lot as the backup. I think it's a really good one-two punch. Unfortunately, I think they're both hurt right now uh, in the preseason in camp. Oh, damn. Um, yeah. So uh, not a not a great start for them. Hopefully they can get healthy for the year. I'm not sure. I don't think there were any serious injuries. But, I mean, today's day and age, like, I wouldn't say a long-term injury is better. But there's just it's so many times have I been burned by the, you know, the day-to-day, week-to-week guys where they're just – yeah, they they only missed two games, but he played at sixty percent the whole year. So it's like it really wasn't. I would have rather you just missed two extra games and played it eighty percent the whole year at that point, you know, or something like that. Yeah, but um, I, I think they just regress a hair. Um, I think the division, the other two teams being you know on the lower end, helps keep them from completely falling off the face of the earth. Um, I think they they could easily win ten games and squeak in as the seventh seed. Um, but I do have them at eight and nine
1: this year. Yeah. So I have the Seahawks winning the division. Um, wow. this, this is another one of my ones that I think a lot of people are going to be a little surprised at.
0: Oh, my um, eyes are wide open.
1: <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, I'm a bit shocked. So I have them going 11 and six. I knew this was one that you weren't going to be on the same page with me on. So I'm going 11 and six. Um, so we've been talking a lot about weapons and and what you're asking your quarterback to do versus what he's capable of. So, I mean, when we look at Seattle, right, you get Weatherspoon at five. So there's an upgrade to an already pretty stacked secondary uh, out there in Seattle. Okay. You got, in my opinion, who I think the best wide receiver in this class, JSN, um, at pick 20, mm-hmm. which is still a crazy steal to me that he fell that far, but... So now you look at this wide receiver core, you have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and JSN. That might be one of the deepest three receiver groups in the NFL right now. Um, I I think it's going to be going to be kind of unrivaled, actually. Um, It's going to be a three-headed monster. Um, You add Zach Charbonnet, another one-two punch. Hopefully one of those guys can just be healthy for the regular season. Yeah, that's what you're hoping for. Yeah, you're not you're not expecting a ton. You know what I mean? Uh, Hopefully Kenneth Walker gets back fully healthy. You can see him have a full season, but I like their offensive weapons. I thought that defense was good. You made it better. I think they added the right kind of pieces around a guy like Geno Smith. Again, he's not going to have to do much, right? It's not going to be one of those ones where he's expected to go out and do a ton here. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to have a lot of weapons. He can just kind of spread the ball out, be a distributor, be be the kind of, you know, an Alex Smith kind of game manager. Mm -hmm. And I think that's enough for, for Seattle to win 11 games here and, and put them at top of the division. So, um, their, their schedule, uh, is one of the, on the easier side as well. I'm going to say that as well. Uh, like really like when we're talking about super hard games, we're talking about Cincinnati, Cleveland, uh, the Ravens mainly people outside of their own divisions. They do He do, they do have to play the Cowboys and the Eagles is the other um, outside opponent that I would argue is pretty tough. But I think they've got a pretty easy stretch, and I think they've got an opportunity to be pretty good this year.
0: Yeah. Well, now I'm excited to talk about this team because uh, I obviously have them in a very high spectrum, and now I'm curious if I'm missing some information here on why I have this team so high. Yeah. Uh, I have the San Francisco Niners winning this division. Uh, 49ers won the division. I have them all the way up at 15 and two. Um, just the same old, same old. Um, I again, 15 wins is just very hard to predict and sit here and be confident about. Uh, I definitely think they're a double digit win team as long as Purdy plays the whole year, which it looks like we're on track for. Um, I mean, there's not much to say. I think, you know, they just stayed the course, and they're just trying to uh, not have to have Brock Purdy throw with his left hand come down to the final half of the, you know, the NFC yeah. title game. So they didn't need to do much. They didn't do much, and I think they're they're just looking to come out and play another great season of football. And I think, Shannon you know, we talk about it all the time. I'm glad that we're in a grants and, you know, that we can sit here and talk about this because I don't know – what football some people are watching. And I'm glad that it kind of got shut down with what he was able to do with Purdy last year, just out of nowhere. But the whole Sean McVay's a bad coach thing has never, ever been true. Uh, He is one of, and I don't think he has an argument to be the best coach. Um, Because I think, I feel like Andy Reid just, you know, kind of has a sizable gap there. But he is... Easily in that top three conversation, top five conversation like Kyle Shanahan is a great head coach. He's a fantastic offensive mind. And the 49ers are just looking to do more of the same.
1: Yeah. um, So I, I have them still making the playoffs. I have them making it 10 and 7. Um, I think they're going to struggle early is the biggest thing I'm going to say. Okay. Um, Purdy coming off that elbow injury. We have not seen him throw in an actual game. Um, And we, we talked about it with Stafford, right? Like it was, you know, Stafford was always, always had a pretty strong arm, right? Like was always good at the deep ball. You take a quarterback like Brock Purdy, who doesn't have the greatest arm strength in the world, and now you put him through elbow surgery. I kind of want to see the guy throw some balls okay. before I sit here and say, "Oh yeah, the magic will still be there." Right, fifteen and um, two.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah,
1: fifteen and two. Right, I, I'm not going to bank on that. Um, and the other thing I'll say is Jimmy Garoppolo starts out with that magical season, goes six and zero, comes back the next year, struggles a little bit. Right, um, mm-hmm. struggled in San Francisco. Everyone kind of knew what they were expecting now with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm worried there's going to be some of that effect with Brock Purdy. Um, You know, now that we've got some tape on him, we understand what he does well. Teams are going to be able to scheme against him a little bit better. Um, And they're another team that, man, they have some gruesome defenses they're going to have to run through this year. I mean, they have Pittsburgh. They have Dallas. They have Cleveland, who I think is a really good defense. Jacksonville, who I think is a really good defense. They have Philadelphia. They have Seattle. They have Baltimore. Um, Some teams was really, 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 really good Uh, defenses. So I think that's where you see that step back a little bit for this team. Um, And this is a team I really did not like their draft at all. Um, I wanted to see them try to work work with No, they didn't. They had one, two, they had three third round picks and then they had two fifth round picks and then six and seventh picks. right? Um, Really? And they spent a third round pick on a place kicker. Um, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) This was a team that again, I like their weapons. I wish they would add another piece, right? Um, you're asking a lot out of Christian McCaffrey, a guy who gets hurt a lot. You're asking a lot out of a guy, Devo Samuel, who has somewhat of an injury history. You're asking a lot out of George Kittle, a guy who gets hurt a lot. Um, the thing that scares me the most about this team is it's another year older and they're one injury away from, from having some issues. You know what I mean? If, Debo Samuel goes down, that often of, that wide receiver court is not as good as it once was. You know what I mean? There isn't mm-hmm. those guys who are gonna immediately step up and you're like, Yeah, I feel really good about Brandon Ayuk being our number one option at, you know what I mean, wide receiver. If Christian McCaffrey goes down, you know, Eli Mitchell is, is a good substitute, but he's not Christian McCaffrey, you know? Um yeah. they've built a Rams style team where it is extremely top heavy. I love Trent Williams. I think Trent Williams is a great player. Again, another older guy, right? Um, So some pieces get a little bit older. I think, you know, I'm not hoping on injury, but an injury really, really scares me on this team. Um, It genuinely does. Uh, I think I really like Sam Darnold being their back. I like the fact they have a solid backup at quarterback for him at least, but you're talking one or two weapons go down and all of a sudden, this team could be on the hurt but hurt the struggle bus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be. I think I think it's going to be an interesting thing. I think they're going to take a step back. I still think they're a threat. Uh, I don't think this is a team that I'm taking lightly at all. I just don't think they're going to be as good as we all think they might be. That's fair.
0: Yeah, fifteen to two is a pretty pretty high expectations. Um, yeah. The one thing I will say is, like, if those injuries do happen, I don't think they're going to be shy about making the move to to fix the issue quickly. Like I feel like they're a team that if they lose somebody early in the year, come week seven, eight, like, all right, who's available at the deadline? Like we're gonna we're gonna fix this problem, we're gonna go for it. Like I don't think there's gonna be much shyness from John Lynch in the front office. So Hmm. I do think that plays their benefit. But hopefully they just don't get to that point.
1: Yeah, that's I, I, I worry about this team. I do. I'm just until I see Brock Purdy play, I just I can't confidently sit here and say this is a 12 win team. I really can't. I like this team a lot. I love Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a great coach. Um, but we're 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 asking a lot out of this team and the safety net of, hey, we know what Jimmy Garoppolo is, is gone. You know what I mean? Jimmy Garoppolo can take this team to 10 wins. The question yeah. is, can Brock Purdy now that they have tape on him, can he still do that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh sorry. I've uh got that frog in my throat feeling after we've been talking this long. So um to kind of give a recap of this division here, I have the Seahawks winning it at eleven and six, the 49ers in second at ten and seven, Rams at eight and nine, Cardinals at four and thirteen.
0: I have got the Cardinals at one and sixteen, the Rams at three and fourteen, the Seahawks at eight and nine, and the 49ers are 15 and 2, the one seed uh, in the NFC. Definitely a, a little bit of a funhouse division. I would uh, definitely change, you know, two or three games on each of those schedules to kind of bring them back towards the middle, but
1: yeah. I, I think the Seahawks and 49ers are going to be close. And this is 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 crazy to say, but I almost like the Seahawks weapons better than I like the 49ers weapons, which is sounds so nuts to say out loud, but it does, are. but They've, they've got, they've got a lot of pieces. They went volume of pieces. Um, and that's why I kind of like them. So let's jump into our final division here. Uh, we're cruising along at a, at a decent pace here, but we knew these were going to be kind of lengthy topics here. Um, let's talk about the NFC East, everyone's favorite division here. Who do you have finishing fourth?
0: I have the Washington commanders at two and 15 finishing fourth in this division. Again, one of those teams, I'm sitting here, I'm like, man, who do the commanders beat, right? Like, who is the, hey, that's an easy game. They could definitely walk that game. And there's the next level. It's like, all right, not a walk game, but should I have a pretty good shot. And there's just not a lot of games where you're sitting here. I'm like, man, that is uh, something I could get behind for them getting a win, you know. Oh. Obviously, their division is very tough. Um, you know, they've got three teams that made the playoffs. three team, all three of those teams made the playoffs last year, right? I think
1: so. Yes. All three teams. Yep. Yeah. in front of
0: uh, spoiler alert, I've got all three of the ones ahead of them making it again this year. Um, so anytime you have that, and then you have to turn around and also play uh, the AFC East is uh, one of the divisions that you're, you play the full division there. Another team that's stacked with three or four playoff contenders, you know, so they've got a very rough schedule, um, not sure who the quarterbacks do. Do we know who the quarterback is at this point? Is it Sam Howell? Are they running
1: S- Sam Howell is definitely the starter. I mean, they've said keep an eye on Jacoby Brissett, but uh, I believe that uh, that Sam Howell is the guy. as Far as I know,
0: yeah, I like Sam Howell, but uh, the running game is nothing jumps off the page. Still waiting for Antonio to Gibson see if he'll ever live up to the fantasy hype he had two years ago because he still hasn't done it. Uh, I like Jahan Dotson. I like Terry McLaurin. I do think they have weapons. Uh, and Sam Howell has shown some flashes, but um, I feel like their offensive line is a bit more tailored to the run game than it is the pass game. So we're going to see how they hold up there. And also defensively, the front has always been good, but the secondary has always been a question mark. Um, and again, not that they're an awful team. So again, I think they'll probably finish out probably around four or five, six wins, but there's not a lot of games on the schedule, especially when I have the bears surging to, to relevancy, the Vikings are still solid. The lions are going to be good, you know, and three teams in your three of the other three teams, in your division makes playoffs. Like it's just hard to sit here and try to justify where the wins are going to come at for the commanders.
1: Yeah. I've got the commanders two and 15 same ballpark as you. Again, this is a team that I don't feel good about. Um, when I'm doing this, but I, again, I'm in the same boat as you, who do they beat? You know, that's, that's really the question for me. I think they, they might end up at four or five wins, but it's, they're in such a tough spot. Who knows what Sam Howell is. Um, outside of Terry McLaurin, I don't feel good about almost anyone on that offense. Um, you know, like you said, Antonio Gibbs is just, if you play fantasy, that's the only reason you know who that guy is. Um, yeah. You know, is just, just hoping he finally, kind of meets that full potential and and becomes what he always should have been. So, um, couldn't agree more. I think Ron Rivera is coaching for his job at this point, new ownership group. I think this is probably his last year. So I could very well see at the end of the season, um, them just going, you know what, we're going to blow this all up. So, yeah. Who do you got finishing third? Third. I have the
0: New York football giants at nine and eight. Um, Not really a step forward, not really a step back. Kind of right where they were at last year. We're kind of scraping in towards the end of the year. They're going to have to play some really good football to kind of scrape in. The NFC is going to be pretty talented. That's the only thing I really didn't like about my is I feel like I just had a lot of three and four win teams and a lot of double-digit team wins. I think there's probably more parity now in the league than there has been in a very long time. So I think we're going to see a lot more of like 9, 10, 11 win teams and then four, five, six not – 12, 13, 14, and one, two, three. you know. Um, so 9 and 8 for them. Just looking to kind of stay the course. Can Brian Dable do it again? Is Daniel Jones going to be worth $40 million? The short answer is no. But no, right? what can we get accomplished here, you know? Like we got to figure something out. Um, Yeah, I think it, it, it comes down to Dable, and I was just looking at their schedule towards the end of the year, and I think they just have some favorable matchups that is going to let them kind of slip into the playoffs towards the end of the year.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I have the giants missing. Um, I have the giants going eight and nine, same spot. You have them in third in the division. Um, I, I just don't think you can hope that the team performs as well as it did last year. Um, we talked about it a lot with Minnesota of, you know, Hey, last year was a magical season. I'm not sure it's repeatable. I kind of feel the same way with the New York giants. Um, I really wanted them to go out and add a weapon on offense. And that just didn't really, really happen for him. You know what I mean? Uh, they didn't add a wide receiver until the third round in Jalen Hyatt. So um, besides it's, it's a lot of pressure on, uh, on Hyatt. And it's a lot of pressure on uh, Saquon Barkley again, to go out and be the guy for this team. So um, I think, I think it is a small step back for him. I think it ends up costing them the playoff spot just because, you know, there just isn't there isn't depth there. There isn't any way to. Oh, why can I not see who their wide receivers are? What in the world is that? Um, yeah, I think I think it's just just a real struggle here. You know what I mean? There's there's no true one on this team as it currently sits, and I think that's going to be a problem for them going forward.
0: Yeah, and I think I'm relying on Dable a bit to. Get the most out of everybody, right? And I think, like, a guy like Jalen Hyatt has value in offenses. We know what the skill set is. I am entrusting Dable to get the absolute most out of Jalen Hyatt. I really would have liked to have seen what he could have done with Kadarius Tony, if given a chance to really work with each other before the trade to KC happened last year. But we're not going to talk about it, right? Because he's in Kansas City. We'll talk about him next week. Um, but, yeah, I think I have a lot of faith in Dable. I think, you know, for him to go out there and do what he did with Daniel Jones last year, I do agree with the sentiment of trying to repeat that is going to be difficult. But I also agree with the sentiment that coaching can cure all, you know, like head coaching in the NFL, like when, especially when it's an offensive coach that can really, really dictate a game, can seriously change the outcome. You know, I think it matters a lot in the NFL versus other sports. So look for another coach of the year type season from Dable if the Brown or if the giants are looking to make the playoffs.
1: So, yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think coaching matters a ton. Um, I just, I don't know if it's enough to overcome the lack of weapons on this offense. I I really don't. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think, I think day is going to have good, good season, but I just don't know if it's enough to carry Daniel Jones kind of over that hump, but who do you got finishing second in this division?
0: second in my NFC East, I have the Dallas Cowboys at 10 and seven Um, kind of uh stay the course for Dallas disappointing by their standards, pretty good by everybody else's standards will probably be disappointing in the playoffs. And, you know, we're going to be right back at square one come the off season um, kind of feels like the most run of the mill season that they could really get, you know, uh, yeah. you know, winning a game or two here and there that they're not supposed to, and then losing a game here and there that they're supposed to be winning. You know, Um, I do think they're – it's going to be interesting because I think they really might struggle towards the end of the year to make the postseason. Um, They're going to have to do the inverse of what they normally do, which they're going to have to – I wouldn't say have to start slow and finish hot. They cannot fall off towards the end of the year. Um, They've got to play good football down the stretch – um, and this is week 13 through 18 for them. So Seattle in week 13, which, like you said, you had them winning the division. They're going to be a good football team. They have Philly in week 14. Obviously, we haven't talked about them. We know where they're going to finish for me at least. Buffalo in week 15, Miami in week 16, Detroit in 17, and then they get Washington in week 18 in the last week. of these. So if it comes down to the last game, they're in pretty good hands. But, man, that is a – to go Seattle, Philly – Seattle, Philly, Buffalo on the road, Miami on the road, Dallas on the road to end the or er, at home versus Detroit. Uh in, in the four weeks leading up to that is a rough stretch of games, uh, especially for a team that loves to start slow and finish strong or start strong and kind of fall off towards the end of the year. Not a, not a favorable schedule. Um, so, They're going to have to win some games early on, and I think they're going to do so. Um, I think a crucial win again week 17 against the Lions is really where they're able to kind of hold on to that position. Um, So they don't have an easy schedule by any stretch. I think that's the other thing that kind of worries me about Dallas. They have the Jets. They have the Niners. They have the Chargers. They have the Eagles twice. Obviously, they'll have to play the Giants twice. They also have Buffalo. Like playing the AFC East is just not going to be a favorable matchup.
1: No, it's in, just it's brutal for them. It for the so AFC brutal.
0: East, they've got to go over there. They've got to play obviously three playoff contender, true true playoff contenders in <laughs> Buffalo, the Jets, and in Miami. And then the Patriots are never going to be a slouch game. You know, I mean, Bill Belichick's going to do what he does and make it a close game regardless. So. Just not a favorable schedule, but ten and seven feels like they can get it done. Um, I don't know what it's going to take for Mike McCarthy to lose his job, but I think that's the next step uh, in the Cowboys' growth process. I've never been a fan of him. I don't think he's gonna they're gonna do anything with him. I don't know if a ten and seven in a first round bounce is going to be the thing to get it done. If it's as embarrassing of a fashion as it was last year, maybe that's the nail in the coffin for McCarthy, but. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the Cowboys are going to be the Cowboys is the, the chist
1: here. Here's my take on the, on the Cowboys here. Um, I like, I had such mixed feelings. They were the hardest team for me to try to judge and, and kind of place. Um, I almost wanted to pick them to win the division. Um, there was one thing that made me not do that. Um, I think this team got better. I really do. Um, I like the, is it Maisie? Is that how you say his last name? How do you say that guy's name? As <laughs> our um, defense
0: tackle. Yeah, Maisie Smith. Mazi, Mazi. Mazi Smith. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like the Maisie Smith pick. Not necessarily what I would have done. I love adding, adding Brandon Cooks to this. Um, he feels like the play style of Amari Cooper. Um, <laughs> so I like him as a, as a nice, uh, you know, compliment to CD lamb there. He's going to add a little bit of deep ball, a little bit of a speed surf back to this offense. Um, so I love a lot of those aspects, right? I, I really think they, they did a good job there. The only thing that I don't like, and the only reason I don't have them winning the division and I don't have them playing better is for one reason, one reason only the fact that Kellen Mon is gone. Mike McCarthy yeah. is going to call plays for this team this year. And that scares me. Yep. It scares me a lot. We've seen Dak throw a lot of, apparently a ton of picks in the off season is, is what you're hearing left and right. Um, I think this defense is going to be scary. And I think that defense is good enough to win them a lot of games. I'm worried Dak. They're going to ask too much of Dak and Dak is going to make mistakes because of it. Um, And I just don't know if the play calling is going to be as good. Right. I think Kellen Mond is a, is a great mind. I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do for the chargers this year. Um, But yeah, I think, I think ultimately that's what stops this team from winning the division. I, I think they're getting a little bit too much hate right now because of it. I still think they're a playoff team. I think that's how much talent is on this roster. Um, I mean that defense, man, you look around and you're just like, man, that's, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of good players on that team. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, bringing in Gilmore to kind of help, you know, solidify that cornerback room. You still have one, probably the best defensive player, if not one of the best defensive players out there with, uh, Micah Parsons. Um, You know, Diggs is no slouch at cornerback. You add in Cooks to really solidify your wide receiver room. You get rid of uh, Zeke's money. You let Tony Pollard kind of be the star of the show. You're lacking a little bit of depth at that position now. Um, But, and did they... They locked up Zach Martin, right? They, they got a deal yeah. figured out for him, yeah. correct? They,
0: he, was, he was getting like 12 or 13 years. He's going to be making 18 and 19, 18, I think, oh. the next two years. So yeah. they got him squared away. He should be playing no issues there. Um, I don't know, and we'll never know um, if the reports are true, but I – I believe in it somewhat just because that's what I would do. Like the, the rumor is somewhat that they're giving more responsibility to McCarthy to make it easier to get rid of him. you know, because if they go 10 and seven and then slip a playoff win again, right. Make it to the divisional round. So they have decent years, back to back years, and they make it the divisional round. They win two playoff games in two years, which is better than what they've done in the last 10, 15 or so. Like, they have struggled, you know, so a playoff win is is a win at the end of the year. It's going to be difficult to move off McCarthy. So I think, again, putting more on his plate, making him more responsible for things, allows errors to happen, easier to get rid of a guy after errors. And I don't think the Dallas team is going to go anywhere with him as head coach. I really don't. Um I will bring it up every single time that we talk about them. They got rid of Jason Garrett because, you know, the offense was boring and it was nothing but chewing gum and clapping hands with the laminated sheet on the sideline. And they went and got a guy who just looked like he ate Jason Garrett's soulless playbook. So never been a, a fan of the McCarthy hire. I think Dallas fans are going to suffer until he's gone. We'll see if this is going to be the year that it happens. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very curious. I think the Cowboys are one of the more intriguing stories this year. Um, added good weapons, did everything right, and then, uh, yeah, but I just don't know what that coaching staff looks like. Uh, your offensive coordinator matters so, so, so much. Who you have calling plays and doing all of that, that matters uh, a ton here. So, yeah. well, we know who you got winning the division. What do you got the Eagles going this year? I have the Eagles at
0: 14 and 3. Um, again, very, very difficult to win twelve plus in the NFL. Uh, probably gonna be around that twelve one spot, but again, Philly just um, has a lot to prove. Uh, you know, after the way that last year ended, I think they are gonna be hungry to go out here and try to prove that it wasn't the fact that the Niners, um, you know, went down to no quarterbacks left healthy on the roster. It wasn't you know, this, that, or the other, right? They are trying to go out and confirm what they believe and kind of rewrite how the end of last year ended for them. Um, so, again, tougher schedule. Uh, they play the NFC West. Obviously, they're going to, you know, they play the NFC West. They're going to play their division twice. Uh, they, did they Did they play the whole AFC East? I think they lucked out yeah. a bit.
1: No, they played the whole uh, AFC there's do, they
0: do. Their schedule is not easy by far. Honestly, the fact that I have them 14-3 th- or fourteen and three is kind of crazy. Um, they're going to play Minnesota. They play the Jets. They're going to play the Dolphins. They've got the Chiefs, the Bills, the Niners.
1: Yeah, they have probably the hardest four or five-game stretch, I think, in the NFL. Yeah. Um, week 11, they're in Kansas City. Week 12, then they have Buffalo at home. Then they go to San Francisco at home again. Then they have to go to Dallas and then they have to go to Seattle. So yeah. I think that five game stretch right there to kind of finish out their season will know what kind of team uh Philadelphia is at that point. I think yeah. that might be the hardest five game stretch of you're probably playing the best team in the NFL and then a top three team in the NFL and then a top four, you know, a top three yeah. team in the yeah. NFC. Like, you know what I mean? It gets it's nothing but hard teams through that stretch. It really, really is a tough stretch there.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see – like, I had those games kind of playing out in, like, that movie-like fashion where, like, Kansas City is going to finish well, but there's going to be some doubts instilled, right? Maybe a loss in the middle of the season to Philly. Maybe they lose to the Jets somewhere along the way. But, you know, so the Jets have now established some really good wins over some really good teams. Can they do it a second time in the postseason? All these things are going to start to come into play um, as the season goes on. Um but again, I like I like Philly a lot. You know, it's hard to not like what they did this offseason season after yeah. adding after adding half of Kirby Smart's defense onto their already loaded defense. Um,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the the same boat as you. I've got them going 12 and five. I think I've, I've tampered expectations a little bit. I think there has to be the conversation of a Super Bowl hangover. Um, yeah. that just exists. So that's why I don't have them dominating quite as much as they did last year. I still think they have a really good, uh, season this off season. Um, I couldn't agree with you more with what you said. Yeah. Deandre Swift for a six round pick that costs you absolutely nothing. Um, you go in and you probably get, I mean, do we want to say like the steal of the draft? Um, it's hard getting not to with, Is it Carter or Davis? Why am I blanking on Jalen Carter? Yeah, Jordan Davis last year. The
0: fact that they were able to get both of those guys is so insane and insanely unnecessary to boot. But (laughs)
1: yeah, yeah, uh, you add Miles Jack to kind of shore up your middle linebacker situation. Uh, You still have some of the. You have probably one of the best pass rush overall. Just by pure depth, right? You've got yeah, two defensive tackles. You, you're good on both ends with Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham. And then you look at the off outside linebackers. You're like, oh, there must be a little bit of a weak spot there. And it's like, no, it's Asan Reddick who was like one of the best pass rushers last off season, So was, was
0: probably the swing, you know, the signing of the offseason last year with just yeah. how well he was able to come into play. This is a team that could. They could have two, three, four season-ending injuries on this defense, and you might not be able to realize it because, again, like you said, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, they're three deep on the ends. They have Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, and Jordan Davis up the middle. They are six deep on a four-man front.
1: So they they are
0: perfectly covered. Uh, Again, you go to the outside, or you go to the the linebacking core, N'Kobe Dean, Miles Jack, Nolan Smith, Hassan Reddick. I really like Zach Cunningham a lot. He led the league in tackles in Houston a couple years back. And then you get to the secondary. Big play slate, James Bradbury still in town, Avante Maddox and Greedy Williams. Doesn't even cover Keely Ringo way, way down on the depth chart. Terrell Edmonds is a great add. Reed Blankenship has apparently had a great, great camp and Sidney Brown has also been shooting up boards. I've seen a lot of really impressive clips from uh, from Sidney Brown to uh, – it's been an absolute tackle machine at the safety spot. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy pursue the football the way Sidney Brown does. There's been a couple clips where, you know, you see a guy bounce the outside and you're like, oh, that's an easy 10 to 15. You're like, holy shit, how did he get to him in three steps? Like, he has had some really, really crazy plays. And also, just to throw it in there – um, Ty Zitner, former K-Stater, former Butler legend as well, uh, on the, mm. on the team right now is the backup punter. So keep your eyes out. He's a field goal kicker too. Once upon a time, they're covered. Did you, ever, for,
1: did you ever call his game? That's what I have to know.
0: Uh, I, not only, I think I did. I call a game at Butler with him. I also filmed a co filmed quite a few practices of him back in the day as well. So, uh, Oh, yeah. Big shot there guy, big shot over here. Um, not as not as cool as some stories that we've got coming out of Butler, but he was a he's a pretty cool guy, and he like I said he he uh, the the story with the Eagles I think is depth. I think that's what we're getting everywhere, especially on the defensive yeah. side. And look, they got in special teams too because they got a good kicker, they got a good punter, and they got a backup punter that can do both. So they yeah. are set on all fronts in Philly.
1: The biggest reason we see a Super Bowl hangar- hangover oftentimes is because players leave after a Super Bowl win, right? They want to go get that money. Yeah, they somehow were able to take this off and get better and add yeah. more pieces to it. And you know, you lose a guy like Miles Sanders who goes out and gets a ton of money. Well, you, you, they just trade for DeAndre Swift, who's a super yeah. talented guy who just as always needed a shot. They go out and sign Rashard Penny. Yeah. Fix that problem. You know what I mean? They had an early pick because of who did they make that trade with? Was it, um, God, Uh, up with them, the
0: saints, I think it was the saints Saints pick.
1: Yeah. They they have the saints pick. So they have the fifth overall pick. They're able to get a stud at D tackle. The only thing that scares me about this team a little bit is the offensive line. Um, That is the only spot where they're lacking some depth, but I mean. Yeah, an
0: injury there would definitely hurt the case. But if all five of those guys are healthy, man, that's probably a top five offensive line of the game. I mean, all five of those guys are rock solid.
1: And you know what typically helps an offensive line when you have a quarterback who's pretty mobile? And uh, Jalen Hurts, he can move a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
0: because they got Marcus Martin. Ian Book, I've watched most of the preseason game against Baltimore. Ian Book made quite a few plays where I'm like, what is happening? Like he made our defense look dumb a couple of times where he was dead to rights by two or three guys in the backfield and he got out of it. Obviously, hopefully for Eagles fan 6 we're not going to see Ian book this year, but you know, they, they honestly might have a good enough roster and good fits at quarterback where God forbid Jalen hurts goes down for a game or two. They might be able to squeeze it depending on where in the schedule, if they're walking into Arrowhead or against Buffalo or San Francisco with one of those guys they're screwed but you know if they yeah. you know play the, the the commanders and the Texans with you know Marcus Mariota Ian Book I think they're going to be just fine
1: so. Marcus Mariota played and looked better last year than I think a lot of people realized uh, yeah. just because of the way that season ended so I really like adding him in um, is this his second time in Philadelphia or am I making that up he was in Vegas. That's where he was before. Okay. Yeah, he's Vegas. No, like I that. know
0: Tennessee obviously drafted Tennessee. him. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas was a stop. There was then, one more. I thought
1: was it? Was it Philly? You might like, be am right. I... Both furiously typing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, man, I feel like he's been in Philly before, but
0: he hasn't. It's just those. No, the, just the those, three stops. Those, the Falcons, okay.
1: obviously. But,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, so I, I really like I really like him as a backup. I think that's a smart move to kind of bring some stability there too. Um, well, cool. All right, there's there's our rundown of of the NFC.
0: You want to um, hit the playoff seedings one time before
1: we get out of here? Yes, Just what it looks completely. like over here absolutely are going to do that my friend what i will start we'll go top down here okay. um my eagles are my one seed at 12 and 5 the lions are my two seed at 11 and 6 the seattle seahawks are my three seed at 11 and 6 the atlanta falcons are my four seed at 10 and 7 my five seed is the san francisco 49ers at 10 and 7 my six seed is the dallas cowboys at 10 and 7 and then my seven seed is the New Orleans Saints at 10 and seven? Man, a lot of teams going 10 and seven for me, yeah. apparently.
0: Yeah, I've got the 49ers at 15 and two is my one seed. The Eagles at 14 and three is two seed. Three seed goes to the Saints at 10 and seven. I've got the Lions at 10 and seven as well as the four seed by a tiebreaker. And another 10 and seven with the Cowboys at the five. And then the six and the seven seed being the Giants and the Bears, both at nine and eight. So. Some scraping in there. First couple teams out being uh, the Vikings and the Seahawks, just missing on my side.
1: Yeah. So uh, wild NFC setup here. Um, NFC. Couple, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, a couple where we were lockstepped. Where we we're like, man, this is back to back. And then we had uh, we've got a division winner and a four seed on the same team uh, for for Atlanta. And then I think we're far apart on Seattle and uh, San Francisco a bit. So it's going to be interesting to see again. Like I said, I it's still, if I had the one thing that I really don't like is again, I have a lot of like 13, 14 win teams and a lot of two, three win teams when I think they're going to be more close to the middle. I think that's where you uh, definitely have the edge on me there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I think I see things in Atlanta that maybe other people don't see, but uh, yeah, that's kind of, kind of my summary there. I like the direction that that team is headed. Um, Make sure you catch us next week. Episodes should be coming out every Friday for sure on there. Um, next week, we're going to be going over the AFC. Um, and then the last week of preseason, we're going to kind of give you our uh, season reward winners, everything like that. Um, make sure you stay tuned. If you guys have any comments, feedback on the episode, make sure you let us know. Find us on Instagram at red zone talk. Uh, The logo is, you know, our profile picture on Instagram is just the logo of, uh, of the episode that you're going to see here. It's our podcast logo. So um, check it out there. Be on the lookout for some unique content. And uh, yeah, if you made it this far, God bless you two hours in and you guys are just, just monsters. Craziness. You guys
0: must be the Cowboys and the Niners fans sitting around waiting for us to talk about at the end there.
1: That's that's why I did that was to make sure we really baited him in and made sure yeah. they stuck through the whole episode. Yeah.
0: So. Lord knows Maddie Maddie C is out of here if we do the NFC East first. So we gotta yeah, make him
1: stick it around to the end. He's not listening to that garbage. So well, that anything else you wanna say? I got not much
0: else. Again, if you guys are more on Twitter and the Instagram space, you can always hit me up, Owen underscore Berk, B-E-R-K on Twitter. I will gladly answer any questions and definitely make sure we get anything on the script you guys want to talk about. We are free and open to anything. So if you see an interesting topic and you want to see us dive on it, cool. We will uh, do our best to hit it you know, as long as it's in the wheelhouse. I'm not going to sit here and talk about stuff I don't know about unless I'm really forced to. But, uh, yeah, that is about it. So with that, we appreciate you hanging around. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you guys next week for Episode 2.